how do we start this? How do we start these again? <laughs> how do we, what a great question. How um, do we start these? Um, hi, and welcome podcast. to The Lavender Menace. Oh, oh okay. Right. We're starting. Oh. It's been recording. Okay, anyways, guys, it's Sunnesance IRL edition. If you're Woo-hoo. watching this because, you know, you're on our Patreon and... And we you love, love you. <laughs> <laughs> then you know it's that. That's amazing. But if you're just listening, then I don't know if you can hear the audio quality difference. But you should t- if you're listening on Spotify, you should tell us in the little Q and A box because now Spotify podcast has this thing where it's like, what did you think of this episode? And you can just type whatever in there. It's fun reading what you guys say in there because sometimes. Sometimes y'all, someone said, and we can publish y'all's comments, but I don't know if you guys want your comments to be published on Spotify, so I don't know. But anyways, okay, so today we are going back to our roots in that our past few episodes, I feel like, have been a little bit non-traditional in that we've just been talking about just hot takes or just one thing or whatever, but we're going back to the OG... OG format. Format of just like... Three-part show. Exactly. Hot takes, media analysis and, and and it's really og because we're going back to the movie roots of yes. looking at uh, women in film feminist mm-hmm. filmmaking female directors type yes. shit uh and you know we were talking about 90s movies in our uh, queer theory episode our most yeah. recent one that's out and this is a 90s movie 90s movie down okay yes so we're talking about that today and so yeah okay well we have a lot of backlog hot takes from months ago that we're still stacking up but you know still please send us your hot takes your fresh hot takes we love to get those emails in our inbox yeah we love hearing from you guys exactly it's fantastic and amazing and yeah okay i shall get into it hi senesans I know you told us we didn't need to kiss your asses in our submissions, but right. I will say, as a former liberal slash former Taylor Swift hater, you've opened my eyes to a lot. <laughs> if context clues aren't enough, I'm a Marxist lesbian gayler, like probably 95% of your listeners. The context clues is just emailing us. <laughs> so as you and other Marxist feminists have taught me, gender is a class system that divides labor and enforces private property ownership. From what I've read, being non-binary, or what people would call it now, historically and in other societies was an active material rejection of the gender binary and gender divisions of labor. As my favorite French dyke, Monique Wittig, said, lesbians are not women. Rock on. However, what I see happening with non-binary identity is what Lenin would call, quote, robbing the theory of its substance, blunting its revolutionary edge, and vulgarizing it, end quote. I know so many people who identify as non-binary in name alone. They continue with their exact prescribed rules under heteropatriarchy and don't examine these actions outside of their personal sense of identity. This obfuscates obfuscates legitimate class divisions in the queer community and, like always, affects the most marginalized among us. To be extra clear, this is not every non-binary person, but an an ideology with consequences. I sympathize with how tricky and full of contradictions this identity is, how it covers such a broad range of people, actions, and social positioning, and how the label comes with a lot of scrutiny. 
This is an example of anti-revolutionary postmodernism I'm seeing everywhere. I think immaterial ideology like Judith Butler is a legitimate threat to queer liberation, and I wonder about its popularity with liberals alongside the current fascist anti-trans legislation on the far right. I'd love to know your takes on postmodern theorists and how insidious they are, especially in universities. We have to all use materialism. Thank you so much. I'm really inspired by your intelligence and strong sense of self. If you can defend yourself against a mob of anime profile pics, you can defend yourself against the state. Sincerely, Madeline. Any pronouns? <laughs> this this is wow. Fun. Yeah. What a what a great swing swing an email. Yeah, and I think that this is so real because it's true that a lot of people will take on non-binary identity, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that means, without <laughs> actually have with, without the substance behind it, as Madeline mm-hmm. said, because. It doesn't actually have to mean anything. Like the 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 way that we describe the you know obviously language changes with time and the way that people exist in the world changes with time, but something like the language that we use now to describe non-binary people or like gender non-conformity in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like you're not male or female, you're not a woman or a man, like and you don't exist within that the either side of that spectrum necessarily, like. Gender nonconformity in the past hasn't necessarily had the has ha, ha, that hasn't had the language for that, but now people use the language without having the experience. If yeah. that makes sense, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think like that is a reversal that's really important. I think the wax uh, that Judith Butler is getting mm-hmm. <laughs> is mm-hmm. really funny because I think her writing and her content is her her material her contribution to like gender theory and women and gender studies and stuff it it was really important for the time because of how feminist and dialogues around gender and feminism of the time didn't weren't really taking into consideration the existence of gender as a construct as yeah. much as it was dealing with the material consequences of these things which like, it makes sense because of the stakes of the time, but at the same time is sort of by doing that, you're able to look over and dismiss or like dismiss the very also real experiences of people and the experiences of oppression that people who don't exist within the groups of people that feminists were really concerned with in like a material way were, which is, I think, the contributions that Butler's work necessarily made. But I feel like a lot of the sort of 90s queer theory and stuff like that and also just post-structuralist postmodern queer theory and gender theory and stuff contemporarily and in general it's it can be seen as and it is like it, it, within the larger scheme of things can be seen as pretty immaterial and not and like out of touch with reality or not concerned with material reality not really you know it, it's more of like ideology and whatnot but also like even if you interrogate what is actually being said within these texts you can also find faults within it you can find the trans misogyny inherent to a lot of the ideas Mm -hmm. being presented you can find the misogyny of ideas being presented in there like there there is worthwhile critique of this angle of like feminism and gender theory the same way that there's worthwhile critique of any type of feminism mm-hmm. and and way of thinking about gender and and feminism and liberation for women in of history in general so 
Yeah. Yeah. The what I read of Judith Butler when I read it in the class that we talked about in our last episode was against proper objects, which within it, Judith Butler talks about how like dividing gender and sexuality studies away from women or feminist studies Mm -hmm. is like that in itself is a logical fallacy because where do you draw where are you drawing the line between these concepts and i think that when you're talking about like ideology or 90s theory or anything like that i think what's important to take into con or like important for when i'm reading it and it's just talking about language is that like a lot of these people grew up in like the 70s and 80s where it was where the experiences were being had but there wasn't the language to it Mm -hmm. and i think a lot of 90s theory and a lot of 90s writing focuses on the immaterial Mm -hmm. because their experiences were so formed without language and just Mm -hmm. how you were living your life Mm -hmm. and then from the 90s forward with like the start of okay what is the language for these things then we get 2020 by the time we get to the 2010s where people are if they're introduced to queer studies or feminist studies at all, it was in the 90s when it was just on language. Mm-hmm. And then they come of age and are millennials in the 2010s mm-hmm. and now think it's just language and not material experience. And so I think that that... There's a real reversal and like loop... Exactly. ...experience happening right now. Time is a circle and whatnot. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Yeah, it's real because it's it's funny because when my queer theory professor was discussing like... We're talking about Stonebush Blues, right? And it, that's a lot of mid-20th century up until the late 20th century experiences. And our, my professor, he was like, you know, and, you know, and like, you know, Jess here is kind of describing a lot of what we would now consider probably like non-binary identity pre, mm-hmm. pre that term existing. But obviously, like the ways that she is articulating her relationship to gender in this text, it's evident of something that we have now reframed currently and i think like that is something that it like things post postmodernism which is like so vague in general it and also how universities and like sort of elite liberal institutions has treated feminism and queer studies over the past several decades has itself changed so much because mm-hmm. even in the 90s like queer studies as a thing in universities was was still very homophobic and people were very antagonistic towards it. Whereas now it's seen as universities are a liberal haven for <laughs> queerness. And yeah. so it's very interesting because for so long, the, ins- the these institutions were so in your face, racist, misogynistic, like did not allow women on campus, like much less were hiring out gay professors or people (laughs) teaching gay shit for their classes. And now it's sort of like, well, no, actually this is a priority for us and whatnot, even if this is just like, what's the word? Oh, uh, lip service? Yeah, even if it's just like lip service and whatnot. Mm -hmm. That immaterialism is more rooted in the nature of like university and also just elite institutions in general and how as opposed to necessarily like theory and whatnot or like whatever ideologies are coming out of institutions and places of study because the way that 
queer experiences become institutionalized and a, a source of academic study is also something that changes really drastically across time. Like, for example, and we talked about this in our last, last episode as well, like Ruby Fruit Jungle by Rita Mae Brown was a huge pop culture thing. Like, everyone was reading it in the 70s or even, like, Boys Don't Cry in, two, in, the, mm-hmm. in two, early 2000, in 2000 or 1999. Everyone was fucking seeing that movie. Like, this was not a sight of, like, oh, let's think about the gender implications of these things. <laughs> like, same with Stone Butch Blues. This was, like, mm-hmm. a thing that people, the people in, like, a in like the real working class way were reading. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a thing that people studied in an academic way but now it is because these are the products of their time and these are you know the culture like from a cultural studies perspective they that is what it is and it's worth studying from that angle but at its time it was just like it was just you know the trash pop culture bullshit or like whatever the hippies or queers or poor people or whatever was reading and watching at the time like just the ma- what the masses were consuming at the time and I think like that's just sort of when when you analyze that that becomes I feel like what a lot of people refer to and describe as like postmodernism um and so yeah anyway I think in terms of addressing the way that like non-binary as an identity within itself has been kind of like vulgar in reference to the Lenin quote mm-hmm. um I mean I feel like we've talked about this a lot as well in the yeah. way that, like, is she, <laughs> non-binary is not a third gender yes, that type of thing exactly uh-huh. but like you know is she they being like my boyfriend's actually kind of gay for dating <laughs> me or whatever and yeah because like when you when when someone says that and it's mm-hmm. like well you're assigned female at birth so quote unquote you know mm-hmm. like no I mean she, she they derogatory exactly <laughs> no right right no, exactly. in if, the context of the joke I hope that was clear. <laughs> no. no but if it's like if it's that and you're also you're, you exist in the world as a woman you're treated in you're treated as a cis woman and as a cisgender woman but you're trying to implicate that like your boyfriend is like gay for dating you it's like well especially if your boyfriend like identifies as straight or like yeah but also it's like think about like what this would mean for like think about people who are actually seen as think about the straight men who are actually seen as gay for dating women like trans Mm -hmm. women you know what i mean like that there are real violent consequences for that that you don't actually want to face like if you actually wanted to look like a boy in a dress or whatever in your quote-unquote non-binary identity or whatever like that you're just fetishizing a trans feminine experience that you don't have because you think that it gives you oppression points essentially i think that is essentially what it comes down to it's a fundamental trans misogyny of like trying to take on or use the language of the experiences that you will never have access to because you think it is cool like that is fucking crazy and insane and but that is how most people act like if you actually think about the logic of what you are saying and follow the logical conclusion and consequences of that being like oh I just want to be like a girl in a boy way what do you mean by that think about people who actually live that in a real material way um even if they wouldn't use the language in such a way you're using the language of people who live that experience and have lived that experience for decades and centuries and and trying to like use that language to essentially appropriate the like violence of that for your Mm -hmm. own like like that is your own like cosplay Mm -hmm. of it but i think it comes from like they think that they're revering or or doing it right they think they're honoring it or whatever right having solidarity with trans women in in a way that's like actually no because if you did you'd have the self-awareness or have the knowledge or have the respect 
to know that that isn't your language to appropriate or use or just be flippant about. And I think in that way, it reminds me of people who like who are not black but grow up in like majority black neighborhoods or just love black culture and so then take on that language, you know, mm-hmm. in a way that is more disrespectful than if you, you stood in your stayed in your lane or whatnot. Exactly. <laughs> like and I think when it comes to like gender, queerness, non binaryism <laughs> non binaryification. Yeah, non binaryification. <laughs> Like, in certain circles, like, this new, like, visibility of, like, trans women's history and the way that it's being, like, uncovered or, or, you know. Discussed and. Exactly, which is, like, important in terms of, like, knowing that these people have existed or knowing what works have come out. But it also, like, puts it in the hands of people who just don't give a fuck and aren't aren't caring and then Mm -hmm. just hear the term, like. I'm a girl in a boy way or like boy in a dress or whatever which like and then think that they're just like oh, you know mm-hmm. like because of like quarantine or whatever like put she no, exactly. put on a dress and you're like actually I'm a boy in a dress and it's like well well do, uh, does the barista think like, like does your employ like does your future employer know that you're a boy in a dress like does the landlord that you're paying rent to know that you're a boy in a dress like I think like do the right. homophobes and the transphobes that you pass down the street who hold the door open for you know that you're a boy in a right. dress? Right, because like, that's the material reality of the situation, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's what we're talking about. If you want queer liberation, what your what the language that we, you would use and the and also who you would align yourself with and also who you would prioritize and whose experiences you would prioritize or like just the fact of prioritizing your own experiences of being like but i like okay i think the most egregious example of this is but i no (laughs) cut off the thing is is i there's been this tweet that's been circulating around that's been causing a lot of um discourse and i'm actually gonna bring it on the podcast right now because i feel like it Mm -hmm. and i want to Mm -hmm. because it's pissing me off so much and it's from a lesbian and it's Vine boom sound. like that's the thing i just think that this is the thing lgbtq people are <laughs> who got scared who got scared who got scared you have to be very careful with the climate that we're in right now no i like a lot of people who think that they're invested in like queer liberation actually have the worst takes and actually <laughs> and actually are the most wrong because so why did and okay uh, trigger warning for sexual assault someone tweeted and her name is wait we don't have to say the oh race right. yeah okay no no someone tweeted i'm so sorry you're feeling invalidated online because you identify as trans but don't want to physically transition i was violently raped selling my body to afford my estrogen on more than one occasion and now this girly is getting hundreds of like quote retweets and one of them has like ratioed her double and it's from so it's from this obviously not trans feminine lesbian who says i wish more trans people considered there are a lot of transition incompatible bodies and gender identity wait hold on let me not laugh (laughs) there are a lot of transition incompatible bodies and gender identities like it's no physical form i can take that will make people gender me correctly so medical transition is not a useful tool for me we don't live the same realities and that's okay but this attitude of hrt is the true trans experience and everyone else is basically faking it is side eye emoji kind of like i'm also being oppressed do you know how odd i stick out in a room of cishet black people 
this person is black, by the way. The hell I go through when people discover my dead name, it's not easy here either. Not to mention, in over a decade of me being trans, nobody has an answer for what you're supposed to do if you want to present Andra slash mask and got wide hips and huge cities. LMAO, like I tried and it didn't make me feel more validated, just more scrutiny from others and hyper aware. So this thread, and I am just so astonished because I keep seeing it. Mm-hmm. I keep seeing it on my timeline and it is driving me fucking insane because what i feel like this is a perfect embodiment of this of the non-binary like Mm -hmm. reality of 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 how it has no oof you can't even uh, you're not committing to or like first of all quote retweeting this thread over someone talk a girl talking about her experiences being prostituted while trying to get her HRT, that is crazy. That is crazy. I saw that quote retweet. I didn't read the replies under, uh-huh. and I just got immediately uncomfortable by the in- where because I just felt I was like, that's not the that's not the conversation that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys hate not- listening to yes. women yes. and trans women. Y'all yes. hate when women talk, and you and it's so and it's other lesbians it's other queer women it's other people who exist within the lgbtq like mm-hmm. world and experience who also experience misogyny and like transphobia who do this and it's like we need to like can we get real like can we please get real i think i and feel free to go on your own <laughs> i have fewer words to say but i please. think that the non-binary people who don't HRT <laughs> right, do that. Are on, do, who you know, who like, are pursuing medical transition or exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Want to elevate the validity mm-hmm. of their trans identity. And, and oftentimes their trans it experience. is the non binary people. Not, yes. not, not no, to no, say no, that you can't be, not to, like, not to try to. Uh, Listen, we say them from it. You know? <laughs> or no, no, like, but also not to make distinct non-binary people versus like, like I don't know, what's the word? Like other trans people who, yeah. what, what's the Isn't Oh my god, binary what? trans people? Yeah, I guess I binary. Non-binary people like, versus binary trans people. This is not a war. Like, let's let's not talk just, about this. This is stupid and discourse. And that's not the perfect right. like, language, this is, you know what you know saying. Yeah, right, because there, there's plenty of people, non-binary people who, who are on HRT. There's mm-hmm. plenty of trans women who are non-binary. There's plenty mm-hmm. of trans men who are non-binary. Like, fucking duh, right? But we're obviously the person who's co-retweeting this is talking about how they are not going to go on HRT, which is mm-hmm. for the stupidest reasons ever. Which is like you're talking. Cr- if you don't have dysphoria to where going on HRT mm-hmm. is the vi- like the is what medic- you want, is right. what you want, then it's like why are you talking? <laughs> a little, a little, <laughs> like. Mm. But what I was going to say is that I think they want to elevate their trans experience or the validity mm-hmm, of their trans mm-hmm. experience and thus think that them being able to correct a trans woman is like, well, my trans experience is just as valid as yours in making a fake villain, a fake trans mm-hmm, woman villain. Mm-hmm. Like to read into the original original yeah. tweet and to hear, wow, me as a non-binary person is being so oh invalidated by God. this like crazy. by this made up trans woman is you are like crazy. That is just an absurd interpretation mm-hmm. instead of recognizing that those who like go on HRT in the and especially in the face being a of trans anything. woman in the face of anything and the commitment to that, instead of being like, Wow, my experience is not like that and I have so much like and I, I, I want to see and a I'm world also trans. Yes. And I wanna see a world in which someone who 
does need that. And yeah. Does like doesn't is it isn't even close to I don't don't want prostitution to exist in that way. And yeah, also, don't want someone to be facing that level of violence in order to get something that they need. Exactly. Like, why is that not your first? Response and why is your first response actually like seven hundred words about how um, trans and versus not trans you like, are? Like what? To be like, oh, even if I went on HRT, I still wouldn't get gendered what? correctly. How would you know? <laughs> how would you know? And also like, like what? Who like, is what? That is crazy because I'm sorry. Uh, like I, I don't know what that means. Like are right. you are you upset that there's not a a way to transition in which someone would be like, yes, that is that specific, like, automatic they-them-ing, automatic Which is M-X-ing. not true. Are you fucking kidding like, me? Because, because, because... Well, we have a friend who's she-her who gets they-them all the time, so... <laughs> we got plenty of she-her friends yes. who get they-them as soon as they walk in the room. The ta- like, as soon as they walk in the room. Because, yes. you know what, there is, like, like, this is just not serious. You know what I and mean? And the whole thing about, like, oh, there's no way to make my body look the way that I want with big titties and big hips. Are you I'm kidding sure me? That, when, that is not also serious. also, it's like, have there not been decades and decades and decades uh-huh. of trans mask and non-binary people and, and trans, trans people men who have just dealt with it and also transitioned and passed. With limited resources. With, with incredibly limited resources. And it's about, like, the desire, the need, and survival, of course. But, mm-hmm. like, you're talking about such minute things that just don't make sense and, here. And a quote retweet plus thread right. of, a way, of a way more serious like tweet as well. It's like, this Fucking isn't like, insane. can I say something a little silly that's like not that important, <laughs> but like has just kind of been on my mind recently. Right. <laughs> and then said that. And then like, sometimes it's frustrating when people find my dead name on here. And I've been like, yeah, sure. That probably is frustrating. Yeah. But when you're saying, oh, well, it's like actually it's easier for da 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 or it's actually what? harder to be non-binary uh-huh. and not like medically transition or whatever and it's like i don't i don't don't think you read the original tweet let alone any other trans experience any other form of trans queer history to really be to really come to like like i'm I'm like i know so many people who have mm -hmm. pursued top surgery who are on hrt who like have who who are like yeah i have huge tits and wide hips and it's like killing me and thus i'm pursuing these things so i don't understand like i don't what are you talking about also like to just that's such a fatal okay people that's such like a i don't know like is that not antithetical to trans liberation to be like there is no way for me to look like the way that i want to because at a certain point like it's not you even a look the way that it's not even about the way that you look at at certain at, at, the way that you look and the way that other people treat you but it's like what informs how you feel about the way you look and what informs the way that people treat you is obviously based on like how gender is constructed how patriarchy operates and how like transphobia exists in the world which is the larger issue at hand like fucking duh which is why and like those larger issues have implications within the queer community Mm -hmm. within trans communities hence the first girly talking about how like i'm so sorry you're feeling invalidated online because you identify as trans but don't want to physically transition i was and her own experience her own horrific fucking experiences Mm -hmm. like this is just the reason why she's even saying that it's ridiculous like she's talking about she's talking about the weight of 
the the, online invalidation right versus like the material reality uh and you're just proving her fucking point by talking about what your material reality looks like of what why you would or wouldn't pursue transition in a way that is just so wow what if you logged off (laughs) but it's like you have such little self-awareness to be Mm -hmm. talking like this that it's like oh my god wow but you know what it's that's not even my business (laughs) <laughs> I, I just, it's like that's just like a crate like it's just when i first hold on wait go back to the what's the first quote retweet of like the second the fucking like follow-up tweet of this attitude of hrt is the true trans experience and everyone else is ba- basically faking it is mm, like i'm also being oppressed but also Ooh. did op i don't think op said that either <laughs> i don't think i don't think i didn't see anything about her saying that non-binary mm-hmm. people are faking it but uh-huh. i think or people who aren't transitioning are faking it. She's talking, yeah. or aren't physically transitioning, are faking it. She's talking about how you are feeling invalidated online because mm-hmm. you identify as trans. Literally her mm-hmm. own words. Mm-hmm. Feeling invalidated online because you identify as trans, don't want to physically transition. So, like... If, Hit dogs holler. That's yeah. what I'm fucking saying! <laughs> because, dude, like, if... If you were not insecure about your trans identity mm-hmm. without, because you're not on HRT, then why would you be fucking responding to this? Are you kidding like, me? I, the number of tweets that I've seen about non-binary people who aren't on HRT, and it's like, well, yeah. Like, it, like, who, like, like whatever. Who cares? Like, it does not like, matter, but why are you censoring every yourself Every time I'm not, like, gonna cry or, like, be like, <laughs> I'm being invalidated online for my, non- like, identifying as, like, a non-binary lesbian, obviously, and, like, but also, like, as a femme, so it's, like, you know. But it's, like, if, to have that instinct when you read that point, mm-hmm. I think shows a more insecurity in terms of what non-binary yeah. means for you, and is... I think circling back to the email that we got, it's like, is your identity in being non-binary in words alone? Mm-hmm. Like, are the mm-hmm. words that you say or is the it words that other people... Yeah, is that it you your tell pronouns? people and you put in your bio? Or, or is, is it, it the fact that mm, neither of us are not going to marry a man? <laughs> like, or like, like, it's like... I mean, I'm, I'm, the person you has they them in their bio and mm-hmm. they're a lesbian, but it's like, is it the fact that you have divested yourself mm-hmm. from womanhood but also cisness in such a way in which you align yourself with people who are so much more marginalized than you Mm -hmm. that you don't say shit like this like is that not the fucking (laughs) i feel i feel like that that should be the objective of if you're fucking dumb if you identify as non-binary it should because you are divesting from patriarchy and from cis hetero patriarchy and you're critical of it in such a way that like allows you to not take everything so fucking personally like you said in solidarity and aligning Mm -hmm. yourself with people who are more marginalized than you so then for this person to identify as non-binary and trans and trans and to then reply to a trans woman talking about her own violent experience and like almost counter that Mm -hmm. shows that you are not aligning yourself Mm -hmm. with the people who do experience these violent realities because you don't like the point that they're making about what like be on hrt which Mm -hmm. like she's talking about her own fucking experiences are you kidding me and to be the whole like oh other people see me in a way that i don't want to be seen or that's every trans person are you kidding me like then shouldn't the conclusion be like wow patriarchy fucks everyone (laughs) like and and that should be and be like you know like or being like like 
or just saying nothing or being well, <laughs> saying nothing, nothing is the <laughs> or just being like yeah this is really fuck like this is really fucking awful i mean mm-hmm. you just it's just like if she if if op is has shooters out mm-hmm. in terms if she's trying to come for the next of people being annoying online mm-hmm. and then you double down by being said annoying people online you look stupid as fuck but you know mm-hmm. what like I, I guess that's that's what a lot of people like to do. And if people didn't, what would we talk about? <laughs> you know? So I guess it's what helps keeping the lights on. So you know what? Keep going. Don't read a book. What do I care? <laughs> help, help, help. Oh, my God. Okay. So moving on from queer discourse into more queer discourse. <laughs> I was so- <laughs> that's all we talk about. <laughs> moving on from- <laughs> okay. Here's our next hot take. The header is, why do people talk about the South like this? Hi, Sonnesance. My name is Anna, and I'm an all-pronoun... Is it Anna or Anna? I'm sorry. And I'm an all-pronouns femme lesbian, commie, gayler, and unfortunately, high school student. Thank you so much for the work y'all put into the pod. I'm a listener... I've been a listener for a little over a year and still get so excited when I get a Spotify notification. Side note, the pod account followed me back on Instagram and Twitter recently, and I had never fangirled so hard until that moment. (laughs) Sunny's booktube was why I dove into theory for the first time, and the pod turned me into a Taylor listener and gayler, which are all major parts of my personality now. So it really was a full circle for me. Anyways... This email is actually not much of a hot take. It's more of me asking you guys for input on a discussion I've been seeing a lot of online in the past few weeks. I live in Florida, which is obviously a rough place to be a queer student right now, but I've been seeing a lot of non-Floridians posting online about how terrible a place Florida is, calling it a waste of beautiful space, a lost cause, backwards, etc. And while I can see where they're coming from and why they are angry, it can be really frustrating when people dismiss your home and community as completely unimportant. Southern states are not places where you can generalize everyone as racist and queerphobic. Although these problems do exist in our government and many of the people, we also have large communities of people of color along with queer slash trans people. I just think it's important that well-meaning people from northern states are cognizant of how they talk about the South and think of the communities that live in these states that they dismiss as being wholly awful places to be and be from. Not to ramble about my personal scenario, but as someone who is a teenage lesbian and has a younger trans sibling, it's so essential that we are receiving support from people who can afford to contribute it. Considering our state a lost cause is only harming queer youth, especially under the policies our government is passing. Because when those on the outside stop caring or trying to foster change, individuals and communities on the inside are losing rights and lives. It's like people I love and people you are supposed to be in community with are being affected right now. So why are you only talking about my state to call it backwards and not worth saving? Obviously, this isn't a Florida, isn't just a Florida issue. The U.S. government is clearly attacking trans people, drag, and other queer issues in many, if not most, slash all states. The people talking about the South this way are often facing similar legislation themselves. I don't think they should ignore their own community in favor of ours. I just think the way we talk about these problems and the people affected by them matter, and so many people aren't considering that. I'm just interested in hearing your guys' thoughts on this phenomenon. Sorry for the long rambling email. I'll cut myself off now, LMAO. I hope this is a mostly legible message. I hope y'all are having a great day. And thanks again for all the work you put into the podcast. It really means a lot. And lesbian solidarity. Aww. Thank you so much. This is so sweet. No, that's very sweet. I think when high schoolers email us, this is a real full circle moment for us. Yes. Because, like, all the, all the, like, random-ass gay people on the internet that we looked up to yes. when we were in high school. Yes. <laughs> oh, no, it God. Makes, it, it, let me tell you, it takes me back. So. <laughs> but, no, yeah. It's, it, this, is, this is so real because, mm-hmm. look, Florida is a very important place. <laughs> like it's a very important place. Ethel Kane. And no, right, exactly. It's a very important place. Florida. And it's, 
<laughs> and, you know, I'm from Missouri, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's... It is very unfortunate that everyone is talking about like their contingency plans of leaving the country or leaving their states or whatever. It's like, first of all, you're stupid. Like, don't be fucking dumb. Don't mm-hmm. play in my face. Like, y'all mm-hmm. did this in 2016 with the Trump elections. Like, mm-hmm. we like, and all y'all are still here. So shut the fuck up. And also, like, this is all just talk. Because unless you're actually facing the barrier of not being able to access your HRT from your pharmacist, which like people that I know are facing within Missouri, Mm -hmm. then like, how is you talking about how bad it is for other people and how much it must, how much it must suck? And just like ending it there and being like, wow, it sucks that it sucks to suck. Peace out. Like what, how does that benefit anyone? Be so serious. You know what I mean? That's just not, that's just not acceptable. And I think it's also, it's just a way of like humble bragging about your own like privilege which is just very unserious like mm-hmm. why you know you at any point you could also not have access to your rights and to the things that you need to survive like and that is harrowing like the fact that it's happening to other people is fucking terrifying it's not something to dismiss because of where people are from like but at the same time it's also not something that should be like worth villainizing an entire place from. And I think this is also going to relate to our next hot take because it's like to to essentially say that an entire place is backwards and not worth saving or mm-hmm. whatever, or actually require, like it's just, it will always be ridiculous because it's all, it, it will you're, always. You're tying like mm-hmm. a place to the ideology mm-hmm. and in a way like making them inextricably linked. Like the South is always going to be like this for the sake of being the South. That just doesn't make any sense. There's no, like, weather or topographical, like, <laughs> phenomenon yeah, that is going to, yeah, as, as to why yeah. that and it's also is just happening like, there. You, you, have, you have such little faith and belief in the survival mm-hmm. and, the, and the ability for people to live and thrive under conditions. People have lived and thrived under slavery. Like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Like, especially in the South, in the Deep South, like, people have organized against and made themselves free from and mm-hmm. like liberated themselves survived under so many conditions mm-hmm. and it is the same shit as like you know in the 19th century being like damn it really sucks what's happening down there you know slavery and all that well anyways like <laughs> that shit is y'all are just doing the same shit but for people who are being like you know banned from accessing fucking Medical care, bathrooms, right. like jobs. basic ass shit, and also with this new Supreme Court case ruling of like LGBTQ discrimination being sort of federally legalized, mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, it it can literally be anyone within the U.S. and it's not like the rest of the world is necessarily that much of a better place, you know. So it's it's a flop all around. I think also like you can't recognize the progress or like the movements Mm -hmm. that people like to pride themselves in when it comes to like u.s history Mm -hmm. without recognizing the fact that it comes from the places where those tensions were highest so like Mm -hmm. like the idea of like the civil rights movement for like racial progression or whatever but Mm -hmm. then still seeing the south as having always been backwards and everyone who comes from there is backwards it's like like, well you wouldn't have the organizations (laughs) that come from the south Mm -hmm. you wouldn't have these groups fighting these things Mm -hmm. if 
inherently being from the south makes you back like mm-hmm. stops that from ever being a thing that happens mm-hmm. and obviously the struggle of that comes from the fact that the conditions are terrible exactly but also it's like well then if you know that or if you know that history have access to that and then you see something terrible happening now wouldn't you be like remember when i bagged on those people in history for not <laughs> like for being lame as fuck like yeah it's like you're doing that now. Mm-hmm. No, because back in the day, what what happened with segregation and shit when mm-hmm. people were trying to desegregate Southern buses and Southern institutions and public spaces was that Northern liberals mm-hmm. and Northern black students, Northern white students, Northern people who were just like invested in the cause of desegregation would come to the South and that's what the freedom rides were um as Mm -hmm. organized by i think like snick like this was the sort of multiracial national between state line organizing that was occurring in order to you know fight and combat the racist policies of these different states and also like historically we can also see this in terms of how people from the north and liberals like white liberals or you know black students from more major metropolises would come to rural areas and register black sharecroppers or black descendants of sharecroppers to vote after like the passing of voting rights amendments but what would happen would be like the people that they would try to register to vote uh, get them to register to vote for would be like, well, actually, I can't do this because if I do, my boss will will fire me. Like, I'm mm-hmm. going to lose my job. And so, you know, these sort of naive 20-year-old students who are just trying to make the world a better place and try to get, you know, black people who have been living in a town for decades and whose family has been there for centuries in, to be able to participate in, like, an election for the first time in their lives were had to face with the, the the really brutal fact of the reality that like it life is really hard in ways that you cannot even imagine from a perspective of being an outsider and i think like that is also the case for a lot of people contemporarily in regards to trans and queer issues like you can't even begin to imagine how bad it is for so many people especially like in missouri from being from St. Louis, it was a lot better because it's, you know, a major city. Like there's so much, there's like so many gay people and gay centers and, mm. you know, whatnot. But like a lot of people who are from more rural or further out in the suburbs in St. Louis would like friends and stuff in high school would sort of like would regularly just get like hate crowned at their schools. Like mm. would just get regularly get like you know, faggot, like, fucking spray paint on their car, like, get called queer derogatory, like, mm-hmm. in the fucking hallways. Like, kids I knew, like, ran away from their... Trans kids I knew ran away from their, like, homes and their uh, abusive families from when they were, like, not even teenagers to get to St. Louis and, like, live with random people. Like, it, it's... And this was in the 2010s. Like, the, it, it has... It has been and has always been really dire for a lot of people and i think like contemporarily and presently and it's only i think it's only getting worse in some ways because of how visible and upfront and like the trans moral panic of legislation that's just getting past left right and center but like it's just i just don't think that anyone has any moral high ground to to look down upon any other place or any other 
group of people for dealing with these situations because it fundamentally reveals a lack of care and solidarity. Like what, what is the point of be identifying as like queer or within in queer community or being gay or being trans when like you, you obviously fucking hate other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) other queer and trans people because you don't even care about their well being enough to offer any actual resources for dealing with really dire circumstances, much less like organize or donate, you know, like that's, that is questionable and and really and, and really terrible, you know? Sar In general, Californians just don't know how to talk about the South unless they're they have family there. Not like so Cal like, right. Which is ridiculous because California is like incredibly conservative. White supremacist. Outside of any like major metropolitan city mm-hmm. in the US, it's gonna be da- it's gonna be bad. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. gonna be bad. Just gonna be bad. Um it's gonna be uh, either it's a sundown town or it's like you can't you cannot be visibly gay like or Mm -hmm. you can but it's like you will be you will be weird you will be looked at weirdly and you will be asked to leave like a shop you know what i mean like or and even that will happen in in major cities as well of course but it's like it's it's just like if you live in a major city you have to make peace with the fact that you're living (laughs) in a major city like if you're like Unless you really, like, a lot of the discourse around living in New York City right now is so Mm -hmm. terrible because people are like, the subway is so dangerous and it's all these white people being like, I actually hate living in New York because there's so many poor people all around and, like, actually, homelessness is such a problem, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, my God. Leave or kill yourself. Like, (laughs) oh, my God. I present you two options. Leave or kill yourself. If you don't like it there, then just die. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. same for, like, San Francisco or whatever. It's like, if you don't like that there are homeless people present Mm -hmm. then maybe you should leave because you being there is also why there are homeless people (laughs) like Mm -hmm. uh, yeah but do you want to read our next email hot take hello sunasans i'm poof an 18 year old arab lesbian i already sent an email to you guys around a month ago and i'm sorry for sending another one so soon but (laughs) i have a more serious topic i wanted to hear you guys talk about also Never apologize. <laughs> With the recent attacks on... Do you know how to pronounce that? Al- Al-Aqsa? Al-Aqsa Mosque and the bombings in the Gaza Strip in Palestine. A lot of Zionist queers once again defend Israel with the use of pinkwashing. Although this argument is less prevalent nowadays with the arrival of the far right in the Israeli government, it's still used a lot and is something that gets absolutely on my nerves. Zionists love to paint Palestine and the Middle East in general as this backwards barbarian people who have no morals or empathy and are terrible oppressors, when in this case, Palestinians are actually the oppressed. They constantly use the phrase, quote, the only democracy in the Middle East, (laughs) Anyways. <laughs> and, and, and talk about how progressive Israel is in terms of gender and sexuality compared to the rest of the region, whilst completely ignoring the fact that one, Israel does in no way, shape, or form respect or care about human rights. Two, queer Arabs and, and Palestinians do in fact exist, lol. Three, Palestinian or Palestine simply cannot prioritize queer liberation and LGBT education when they are dealing with settler colonialism, apartheid, ethnic cleansing, poverty, and famine. Four, Israel does not care whatsoever about LGBT rights, as seen by all of the violently homophobic politicians in the government, and is only using pinkwashing as a form of soft power. As someone who lives in the Middle East, I know how behind Arab countries are in terms of queer rights. We have a long way ahead of us until we achieve queer liberation. 
However, I'm absolutely baffled by how Zionists think the answer is settler oh my gosh, settler colonialism, ethnic cleansing, and apartheid, when Israel does not even truly care about queer rights, much less human rights. Anyways, I would love it if you guys could talk about this subject, since it is a topic that is not only heavily discussed in queer spaces, but also affects our entire world at large. Wishing you all the best, poof. P.S. Felt such an immense relief when I found out both of you were pro-Palestine, and I was so pleased with how vocal you are on the matter. Such a big green flag. Most Americans I've interacted with seem to be either Israeli apologists or quote-unquote neutral on the matter. <laughs> P.P.S. I made my straight best friend listen to the podcast, and now she's obsessed and says she loves you guys, <laughs> as do I. Oh, thank you, Poof. Oh, thank this you, is so Poof, sweet. and love to your friend as well. Yeah. No, like, this is something that I have been fighting <laughs> well yes hold on i'm actually gonna you speak i'm gonna pull up a tweet of mine yeah that where i no because like again being from st louis very large jewish population there's like a temple or synagogue like every other fucking block and the thing is is that most american jews are liberal zionists if not just like straight up very aggressively pro-zionism pro-israel and so it it was really hard being like distinctly pro-palestine and anti-imperialist throughout like high school because of how often you would get accused of being like well a anti-semitic classic but b like well aren't you gay like don't you care about gay people like muslims don't even care about (laughs) gay people um but the but the but really what you're saying is Actually, civilized European white people actually give a fuck about um, you freaks and the dirty brown um, Mm -hmm. Muslims actually um, want all gay people to die. So why? So why are you like batting for them? Like, that's weird. Because as we all know, the UK has a great trans (laughs) history. Has a great trans history. What what they're saying boils Mm -hmm. down to that fundamentally. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you're saying. And it's just fucking racist bullshit. And it is just not in touch with reality of course for for the things that poof is saying which is like obviously fucking israel doesn't give a fuck about human rights if you Mm -hmm. give a fuck about human rights why are you torturing people bombing people and like fucking killing children every day you know if you care about human rights why why do i turn on the tv and it's oh um actually during a (laughs) two-sided during a two-sided rock toss the, a rock tossed by an eight-year-old versus the IOF. Like. With, versus 17 million missiles. Mm-hmm. You know, the very equal war Two-sided, that's happening. Very nuanced, oh very complicated. <laughs> the very complicated both sides uh-huh. situation. That's ha- conflict mm-hmm. in the Middle East, in Israel slash Palestine. Like, oh my God. Who is so tired? It is... It is so exhausting because, like, we just need to touch. <laughs> we just need to reach across the aisle. We just need aisle. to reach across the aisle and just hug each other <laughs> and just, like, see each other, you right, know? Right, 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 right. No. Because that's the problem is that they just can't see each other. No, right? Like, we're just not seeing eye to eye. Like, we just need to hold hands. Like, anyway. I. No. Anyway, what was the That's our liberal, our liberal, <laughs> liberal cosplay. But someone, they deleted the original tweet, but I remember it was about like pride marches in Tel Aviv or something like Girl, that. please. And I was like, or, and so being like, actually, I'm gay and I love Israel or whatever. And I was like, not the pink washing of genocide. Gay and trans Palestinians deserve a fully free and liberated Palestine. And that is fundamental to Palestinian solidarity, which them and their 
mutuals or whatever tried to whack me for and i was like no you're lame as hell yeah and of course oomph noor liked my tweet <laughs> yeah you should listen to our episode with noor yeah and everyone should yeah but the- oh well i was gonna say if you're like if the whole thing is that oh who cares about gay people da 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 it's like, do you not think that there are gay and trans Palestinians? And of course, if the only people that you have solidarity with or the only reason why you believe in a liberated Palestine is because like of gay and trans people and not actually being against settler colonialism and apartheid and like ethnic genocide on like a very distinct and in a very specific way, like that's going to be an issue as well. Like still you're limited mm-hmm. to just this basic mm-hmm. self-identity understanding mm-hmm. of politics. But it's like this whole thing of like, well, you can be gay in vacation in Israel, or oh or they God. have quote unquote pride marches or whatever. Yeah. And it's like it's safer and then to I even, vacation in Israel as a gay couple than anywhere else in the Middle East. What if you killed yourself instead? Dead <laughs> ass. And it's like, first of all, gay marriage isn't even legal. Like this whole thing of like, <laughs> oh, but Israel's actually so pro gay. And it's like. Well, not like even on the like I was like even under the Ill- illegitimate government even by a voice that should not and does not have power under the exist under the existing Israeli government or whatever the fuck it's still not so it's right. like what is this what is this Some, y'all are deluding yourselves in a very serious way and, again, and it's, it's because like this whole thing of it's like it's just because these people are blonde and like brunette and have like pale skin and get skin cancer mm-hmm. living there. That's why you think it's like progressive and like they like like LGBT people. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only reason. It's just not serious at all. Like it is yes. not serious. And it's Ugh. like these other places that they're comparing as like better or whatever. And it's like okay, well we just talked about the state of like gay and trans politics in mm-hmm. the United States. Like UK and flop, like in Great Britain is called Turf Island. Like <laughs> it's like like it's a flop everywhere, guys. France made women marry, wearing like pants illegal until like 1970s. <laughs> is when they finally took it off the book. Like if we're talking about like the like the how, patriarchal and homophobic mm-hmm. oppression of governments, you're you just hate what brown people be, if like, you're gonna exactly. focus on Arab countries. Whatever the fuck that means. Like, like you know, if you're gonna like, be like, it just completely ignore the the actual gender oppression of like these countries that you're trying to say is better than this whole region let mm-hmm. alone just like one the one country of like Palestine it's like that doesn't even hold up that like that in itself is a historical fallacy fallacy and misunderstanding inc- right, no. like it's like this idea and even the idea that okay these like the US UK France whatever used to be bad but then have made progress <laughs> That's still not true. Like, mm-hmm. or like now we're regressing or whatever. Like exactly. we are regressing in some ways in a very like like mm-hmm. materially. Yes, it is like now harder to access HRT in different states due to legislation banning it. Mm-hmm. The same way that like now abortion is not a federally protected right. Like mm-hmm. these are true, but that doesn't mean that we've like moved back in mm-hmm. or like got patriarchy has gotten worse. It's like patriarchy has always been fucking terrible and bad. People have women have been being murdered for being women forever. Mm-hmm. And, and and for the inception of the United States. Like in fact, in order for the United States to exist in the way that it is and then in the inception of the US, like women have had to exist as like property and chattel. Mm-hmm. Fucking duh, right? But like now we are seeing the different legislative consequences of that as ch- tides turn and politics and, and culture changes like mm-hmm. you know but also there's this one like zionist uh gay lib on 
on Twitter, like Blake Flayton or some shit, who I always see getting dunked on, mm-hmm. on, on rotation about, because he is always doing this pink washing bullshit. It's just like, it's just, but okay. And also people bring this up too, where it's like the Israeli military and the Israeli occupation, like forces, they will like historically and presently what they do to queer Palestinians is they will put them in vulnerable positions to blackmail them into like providing into providing like information and oh fuck what's the word like like do espionage essentially mm. on behalf of the Israeli state like with the threat of we'll out you to your family if you don't do this and that's like a thing that has happened and is recorded like mm. in you know this is like cuz the CIA and the and Israel are like our besties you know what i mean like they Me and the besties they <laughs> literally train each other or actually the US government and like NYPD and and fucking all of the worst military industrial complex and Guantanamo Bay ass torture like intelligence shit that the US has is all those resources are like backing Israel and that it's like and so the training of okay telling these queer muslim kids in palestine if you actually don't give us this info that will help us derail any palestinian resistance against israeli occupation we're gonna out you to your family like that is fucking sick and twisted Mm -hmm. and that is a reality of like queer palestinians who exist under like israeli occupation so it's just ridiculous to because in order to make the presumption or make the claim that Israel is actually good for gay people and actually the the quote unquote the only democracy in the Middle East, the only the only good place for gay people in the Middle East, you have to ignore, dismiss, and think. You have to be so delusional, right? Well, you have to you have to dismiss the very real consequences of Israel on queer people across the Middle East who are not Israeli. Like, do you think like that is insane? And also, sure. Israel is the only democracy in the Middle East. If we define democracy in the way that, like Lenin does in Satan Revolution, which is has only ever existed due to slavery and genocide. Like, <laughs> are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Yeah, like sure, <laughs> sure, a democracy. It's a democracy in that it was set up by the fucking British government and mm-hmm. and the Brits in the U.S. D- dividing up territory and being like, actually, we think the Jews should go here. Like that is. That, right, that's a democracy. Like, please, just, this is not serious. No. Well, now it's time to talk about something really fun. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie we watched is called Party, Party Girl. Girl. <laughs> yeah. So. Party Girl was a, it's a 1995 five. movie. A 95 movie directed by a woman by the name of Daisy Von Schirler Mayer. And it's only 94 minutes long. God honoring. Like, exactly. And and I think it's quite well paced. I don't think it, it didn't need to be longer mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like breakneck speed either. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it's good. Yeah. It's a very 90s New York film mm-hmm. and that can be something very important. Yes. I loved it, personally, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of, I don't, I don't think that indie films are that good. <laughs> I think there's like the movies that come out that we all know are going mm-hmm. to be good and they Mm -hmm. have the budget and those are the movies and periphery movies are just not that good anymore like this one go fish even saving face even but i'm a cheerleader 
mm-hmm. are like they're cult classics and, mm-hmm. and hits to us, of course. But yeah. they were periphery movies. Yeah. And they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. And I think that the Netflix slog that gets yeah. released every week just yeah. does not compare at all to what yeah. smaller movies used to look like. Mm-hmm. And how I thought the... Well, should we say the concept of the movie just briefly? Yes. So the concept of the movie is that Mary is 23 turning 24. So she has this very freshly graduated from college type vibe. <laughs> scary. Who got scared? <laughs> and just a year to two years older than me. And she's kind of just like directionless in her life. And she lives with her best friend, Leo. Well, he kind of forces himself into living with her. I mean, she's a party girl and she throws parties and she throws parties where she shouldn't be. And that are illegal places Mm -hmm. or the hallways of her apartment. And she (laughs) smokes weed before it's legal and does drugs. Uh And so she goes to jail and asks her, her one phone call goes to her godmother, uh, Judy, who is a librarian at like the public New York library or whatever and asks for a job and bail money, et cetera. And so this like party wild early twenties girl is then contrasted with like the strict, quiet, literally by the books, um, maternal world of the library that she's trying to work at. While also like her godmother was like, we get the sense that she's the best friend of the mom of Mary and that Mary's mother has passed away. And so they have that kind of, like, godmother, almost aunt, like, maternal figure, but, Mm -hmm. like, in a you're-not-my-mom kind of way. Uh So that we see throughout the movie as well. And I think that just those particular settings, like the library and this early 20s party scene, is just something that, like, what other movie is talking about, like, early 20s coming of age Mm -hmm. in those settings Mm -hmm. from that perspective. Mm -hmm. And I just love... I think the directing of the movie really reflects where Mary is at in her life as well because I think the framing... Well, I think the framing of the shots are just so unique. And I think the shots are such a unique way to look at the rooms Mm -hmm. that Mary is in. And in a way that I think really reflects her kind of, like, aloof and... Like, just, she's kind of like a, a she, glutton, you she know? She doesn't give a fuck. She doesn't give a fuck, but she, like, her She wants everything. Fun. Yes. Yeah. And that's why she, like, she cannot stand working at the library at first. Mm-mm. Also, she has a gay best friend who, like, she's really into fashion, and mm-hmm. so is said gay best friend. And then the other friend who, like, moves in with her or whatever, he's a DJ. Mm-hmm. And so I think, like, the music and the soundtrack of this is brilliant as yes. well. And, like, the way that they film, the way that she films, like, the party scenes, the way that the library is filmed the way that the, all the different side characters and stuff like mm-hmm. it's just all these people are kind of lovable and mm-hmm. sweet but also have a lot of character mm-hmm. and i think all of the different settings are just so like visually rich i don't know mm-hmm. i just really enjoyed watching yes. the movie i think the side plot of like the lebanese guy with the falafel cart yeah. whom she romances was also pretty cute. Mm-hmm. I think that all the different like rising action moments of like upping the stakes were just like, mm-hmm. girl, why yeah. did you leave? Why did you leave the windows open? Yes, that was a gag. That, that was a was. gag. I was, was like, girl, and with the condom in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little Eek. Um, right. Also, I just thought the performances, so Parker Posey plays Mary, who's the main lead, and I just thought that her commitment to character, like, she just came off so fearless and so in the body of the character the She seemed real time. as fuck. She did, like, 
she made Mary feel like a real person. And I loved the scenes, like, her as, like, a 23-year-old about to turn 24-year-old performance against Sasha Von Schurler, the mother of the director who plays Judy. <gasps> mother of the, the director? Yes. Whoa. And is and also plays the maternal figure in the film obviously like when the scenes are just the two of them talking i thought their performances were like watching like everyone says or about great performances but like fencers honestly especially because their scenes are usually so full of tension or they're kind of going yeah, back and the forth. chemistry is really there yes and it was just i was just like i love i just love solid acting like it's mm-hmm. when it's good it's good mm-hmm. the thing is that we're getting a lot of acting that isn't mm-hmm. good mm-hmm. or we're overhyping mid ass acting no because this is the thing i think like this is the type of movie that you should watch if you want to see like ladybird part two yes you know what i mean like yes because i think the relation how real the dynamic between ladybird and her mom is Mm -hmm. is sort of what is present here as well because it's like they obviously have they have their own best interests at heart for her their own lives for her own life our main character's own life, but their ideas of what is, like, best is also uh, tinted by, like, Mm -hmm. the maternal figure's nostalgia for her youth, and then for our younger character, her desire to, like, be free, but also her need to, like, live and Mm -hmm. (laughs) exist in the world. Pay rent. Right. And, uh, well, also I think because, like, Mary's mother is dead and Judy obviously knew her, like, Mary also struggles with, like, her identity as outside of her mother because like one thing that Judy says is like you're just like your mother your mother had no common sense in in response to the actions of Mary and so I think like that is a really particular like making your own identity outside of your mother I mean who doesn't think about that and like the pressure of that but also like not wanting to make the same mistakes like okay, if your mom died when she was, like, young and so the friend only saw her as, like, a party girl and Mm -hmm. now you're 23 and you love to party, like, are you going to have the same fate as her? Can you, like, still be your own person? Or how much Mm -hmm. of you is, like, what you were born? You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's a scene where she's, like, or does the boyfriend or the friend ask, like, like, what do you do well or something or, like... I think the boyfriend. Yeah, and she's, like, I party. I'm good at partying. I'm good at having fun. I'm good at, like... she's, like, I have no hobbies. Yeah, so, like, I'm good at, like, putting together outfits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, so, it's, like, trying to find an identity, like, Mm -hmm. outside of that. And Mm -hmm. and I think also the way, like, when she kind of goes on a bender after, like, something bad goes Mm -hmm. happen. And, like, it's, like, the realization that when people call you responsible... And then that hurts. Or, like, you struggle with that. So then you're like, I deserve a treat of drugs from a stranger. Yeah. And then realizing that that behavior is, in fact, the irresponsibility that people are talking Mm -hmm. about is, like, I think just a realization, like, a process that... Hashtag um, growing up. Hashtag growing up. But I also think, like, the film just does it in... Again, it's one of those things that I love where it's, like, so specific that it becomes universal. And I think, like, Mm -hmm. Mary is such a specific character Mm -hmm. at this time and place. But watching the movie, I just felt I was like... It's very real. Mm-hmm. And it's real because it's real. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, it comes from a place of authenticity that I don't think we find that many authentic stories these Mm-mm. days. We don't find... No, we, <laughs> we really will take don't. any chance to shit on <laughs> contemporary filmmaking. Okay, but it's like, it's like this representation for representation's sake. It's mm-hmm. like, 
What happened to representation for party girls? Well, exactly. It's like, well, actually, like, Mary's straight, so it's a really, like, cons- like it's, like, actually not that good oh of a representation God. or whatever. No, I think all the queer characters as present in this film are, mm-hmm. it's just, like, well, that's, I mean, Lady that's New York, in, baby. Lady Bunny's in, like, the first five seconds, which, if you know who Lady Bunny is, it's, like, this is obviously a, a queer film and a queer New York film, mm-hmm. or, like likes and knows that community you know like it, mm-hmm. it's it's even in the words or like mm-hmm. the way that mary talks obviously shows that she is the majority of her friends are probably gay people and those yeah. are the majority of the clubs or places that yeah because if to. you're in the clubbing scene fucking duh mm-hmm. you're like hanging out with the the djs mm-hmm. and the girlies and the gays like yes. that's who it is and that's how that's who it's always been mm-hmm. and that's who it is now so um, and I think that's where we are. <laughs> that's where we are. And yeah, I think that's And a- you can see more of that on our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right. And that's our life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's live that's that's life with Sanasans. The outfits in this movie are so good. Yeah. So, so good. good. I'm like, maybe I need color tights. I literally I literally texted my friend afterwards. I was like, I think I'm gonna be investing in tights. <laughs> like it's and it's also it like it looks so nice. I think when something looks so the time that it's made, mm-hmm. it can't really age because mm-hmm. it will always be on the money of, of when you're that saying time. It. Yeah. So it's like, sure, the outfits are really '90s, but if you wore that today, someone be like, "That's a slay '90s outfit exactly. today." Like exactly. it like aged well in that. It's like, timeless, timeless. Like it's it's the cream of the crop, mm-hmm. I think personally. Mm-hmm. No, and her her when she is like selling all of her designer vintage clothes, it's like. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah. Trage. Trage, but needed and necessary. We mm-hmm. when girls need money, they need money. That's the that's yeah. the 90s version her. of having a depop. Like <laughs> that's Real. literally Real. yeah. That's the IG story. Getting rid of some clothes. That's her. <laughs> Dead ass. Oh. And I think like her normie outfits, quote unquote, that she wears to the library are were so, so cute. funny. Like especially when she like yeah. starts taking it a little seriously. Yeah, it, her little she glasses. She still wears more patterns than anyone else. Yeah, still wearing more colors. Like if you actually look the outfit. Yeah, she's still like, a fashionista. She still is, which I I love because she's we still just twenty four. You know, right? So it's like. <laughs> Like, even though we see her go throughout this journey throughout the film, of course, because that's the point of narrative, mm-hmm. but even as we see it, I, like, she doesn't change so much in an unrealistic way. It no, feels more her like, arc is real. And, it, and, like, she still feels true to herself, but mm-hmm. also you kind of have to figure out a direction in life yeah. at some point. She and grows. That, exactly, but uh, she never, I feel like her character doesn't stagnate or anything or like um feel sacrifice herself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah she still has the fundamental aspects of mm-hmm. who she is she just like is embracing parts of like stability and also mm-hmm. prioritizing relationships that she learns to as mm-hmm. like you know conflicts and hurdles and obstacles come her way which is how all people are and how people grow and learn and change anyways so that's you know and that's life. I love movies that are like, and that's life. And I love I love shows that are like that too. And that's, you know, that's why we love... But actually shows real life. Show, right. That's why we love Dairy Girls and shit. Yeah. Right? Like, because that's life. You know? And also 90s and about... Girls. Right, exactly. We love 90s girls we shit. Do. It's true. And it's like, even if media is not like dyke media, mm-hmm. it can still... If it's girl media, then mm-hmm. it slays. You know what I mean? But when it becomes girl media, that becomes too, like, 
pop culture dominant in a way that like now it is heterosexual mm-hmm. that is unfortunate and I don't like that which is why this movie being sort of Indian niche is mm-hmm. pretty slayful because yeah. we don't get the stratification of a girl movie you mm-hmm. know the way Absolutely. that most girl movies are 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 just very heterosexual and mm-hmm. heterosexually perceived mm-hmm. due to the nature of what most women are which is heterosexual you know you should watch this film if you want yes. to where, where did we watch this Tubi so it's Tubi. free it's, it's a free with it's ads. It's free on Tubi. Yeah. Time for recommendations. Oh my gosh, wait. I know exactly what I'm going to recommend. <laughs> Exciting. Do you know what you're going to recommend? Mm, I've, I've watched stuff. I don't think you want me to recommend it to you. <laughs> Oops. I mean, as per usual. The dry spell that started at the beginning of the year still has not let up. Like, I like... Oh, yeah, remember when we were talking about that? Yes, it's actually, like, kind of a little bit sad. I'm like... But also, I've been finishing school the whole first half of the year, so... Right. Guess that kind of explains it. Yeah. That would. Literally would. Okay, so my book recommendation for this episode is... The book Exalted by Anna Dorn, which is a very silly and goofy book, but in a terrible way. And I think that it is a book for delusional girls, and it is a book for crazy bitches, and I... It's a book about crazy bitches, okay? Mm. Because the thing is, is that it is about these two women who are... Okay, so one of them is this like 20, 30 something ish failed actress in LA who is attempting, who's from Riverside actually. And, the, and she. Oh, <laughs> honestly. And she runs an Instagram account called Exalted, which is like a huge, like, you know, probably like mil- a million followers sort of astrology account. She makes like memes and stuff. And so, and she's a Gemini moon, Scorpio sun, Scorpio stellium, I'm pretty sure. But she is, she becomes super obsessed with this random guy after she reads his chart and is like, whoa, he has like these exalted placements. And we, so we get that perspective. She's kind of hashtag failing at life. Like she's like, the money's sort of trickling down and running dry after running, after going through like a high of like a bunch of people booking her for readings and like magazines hiring her to write like articles and stuff about astrology and now it's like the astrology craze is kind of dying and she she also has a sort of attitude about astrology that's like you know it's kind of a gimmick but whatever mm-hmm. and so then we get this alternate perspective of this woman who is in Riverside and she mm-hmm. is a mom to an adult son and who she's like an alcoholic kind of well she chain smokes cigarettes inside her house except her neighbor doesn't like that because it's like a duplex so her neighbor's always like are were you smoking again amy i forgot her name actually were you <laughs> smoking again no actually it was just the kids out there she's a t- she's a liar <laughs> and she is a leo and she is she is obsessed with the exalted instagram account and she is a lesbian but she didn't start dating women until i think probably after her son was born her son was like she it it was a little bit of a mistake but not really kind of anyway she's crazy she is psychotic and she is very much unwell she works as a waitress she's like in her 40s she's like 
I used to be beautiful. I used to get by with a lot of things because of how gorgeous I am, but now I'm old and like, I'm not. But she's definitely, okay. She was like abusive to her previous girlfriend. So now she's like ran through with the lesbian dating scene of like Riverside. Please because there is a riverside lesbian dating scene <laughs> because she was so awful to all of her previous girlfriends and she was actually her at the beginning of the book she gets broken up with by her most recent girlfriend who's like this rich woman and she's like oh flop i have to get my job again because now my rich girlfriend dumped me and she's like oh i keep on getting dumped and like people keep on leaving me but she's literally crazy and that's why like she has bpd but like you won't face that like like that's the situation we're dealing with mm -hmm. but anyway we see these alternating perspectives and these women are both like incredibly depressed and like hate their lives but we see as their lives become somewhat intertwined with each other's in very strange unsettling and twisted sick ways that is that's just like what but it's such an amazing what at least to me as for someone who enjoys a disturbing strange disgusting story about women who are just very like unredeemable so irredeemable so yeah i i love this book and it might be enjoyed by by listeners and by you thank you i yes i immediately added it to my want to read on before i even pitched Goodreads. it no well because i was like well yes <laughs> and then uh that actually does sound good is it on um, no dang I listen to it via Hoopla. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, the recommendation that I have for you is, do you listen to Remy Wolf at all? No, I listen to some of her songs, but I don't really like her music. Really? At all? I like some of it. I mean, I listen to some of her songs, but... I feel like... Okay, so this is a recommendation to the listeners then. Please. I really... I always... Remy Wolf used to come up on my Discover Weekly all the time, or like my release radar anytime that. Does she use she her pronouns? Let me actually double check that. Yes. Whenever she released a new song, and at first I was like, oh, I think the genre is like a little cringe, but I like this one song. And then I ended up like having like three to five of her songs saved. And I was like, at, at some point, I'm like, it's been. Mm, two years to over two years of me just like liking these individual songs and so a couple weeks ago I like went through her whole discography and I think she's a very very talented artist especially I think she's an artist who can collab very well all of her songs that she mm. makes with other artists sound like such a blend of her and mm -hmm, that other artist mm -hmm. like really well where like you don't lose that it's her like it's not her on someone else's mm -hmm, track and mm -hmm. it's also not them on a Remy Wolf track mm -hmm. and she's had like multiple of them that I think are just really impressive and I think she makes pop and tells stories that are like breakup songs love mm -hmm. songs hanging out songs whatever <laughs> but the lyrics are just kind of like fun and original mm -hmm. and I think wh whoever her producer is or if she produces her own sound like whatever team she has cooking up the music that she's making is just something that I don't I don't think is ever anywhere else in that mm -hmm. same and even in the indie pop or like bedroom mm -hmm. pop scene mm -hmm. I think that she stands out and I think to stand out for like about two years two to three years in that genre mm -hmm. is kind of impressive like I think yeah. even if that genre wasn't oversaturated with mm -hmm. like the indie gaze yeah she would still be making that music <laughs> and it would still sound like that yeah so I think she's just someone that I kind of want to 
put in writing, mm-hmm. put in documentation that I am uh, a listening to. A supporter and listener of. Yeah. Now, yes. Yes, because I think, I think, because she's like so much bigger now than she was when yeah, she started, yeah, yeah. obviously, but I think if she continues, it's like, I think this might be someone worth um, like streaming if you're into that kind of music. Or if you're not, I think that she's a good exception or like one person of the genre to listen to mm-hmm. in verses like not you know mm-hmm. so anyways that's who i wanted to recommend slay yeah. yeah but this is our episode for you today it's kind of shorter than usual mm-hmm. isn't that crazy and uh, by shorter than usual we mean less than 90 minutes yes. <laughs> so, not three hours long people will be like um y'all talk so like why are you episodes so long it's like bitch listen on two times speed then <laughs> two hours becomes one just like that <laughs> We're talkers who talk, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. And join our Patreon. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and wherever. And subscribe to our Substack. We have a re- we have our Yellow Jackets live reaction video up now after battling. The battling. 24 hour battle. Oh my god. Try to get that shit up. But anyways, now it finally is. So that's mm-hmm. amazing and beautiful. And yeah, that's all we have for you today. Bye. Bye.